Welcome to Jim's BBQ. Can I take your order? They bring like their pen and they're just like, oh, you want to hit this? And you're just like, man, those fucking like pen tips are so nasty because they get like, they go in your pocket, they get lint in there. Just keep that in your own mouth. It took me years, like many viewings until I was like, oh, she's naked. Oh, it's only in China. <laughs> this person didn't die of COVID. They died of they died of a boating accident. <laughs> Chelsea Clinton was eaten by a shark. Just looking through. I googled a streetwalker down on the pier. <laughs> Mike's like, oh my Mike's Ooh. like, all three all three uh, Godfather movies are playing, and everyone's having a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 233 of Jim's BBQ Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Dylan. I'm Sean. <laughs> and tonight we have a very special guest with us. We have the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Oh, not Sean? <laughs> no. Sean's almost a regular he's, at this he's, point. <laughs> he's, been, he's been bumped from special guest. I'm the special guest. Yeah. I'm special. And of course, um, Brother Jim is once again on assignment this week. I swear we're get, we're getting him back soon. It's going to happen. Uh, so the lovely Miss Elizabeth is with us, um, and we 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 do have uh, a topic that's going to take up the whole episode, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, don't forget. Well, wait. No, hold on a second. You guys all, you've been around for 233 episodes. You know the drill. Uh, you're really trying to get that over, aren't As you? As a good friend, Dylan McKay would say. The social media and all that. You're looking at me quizzically. That's what I say now. Oh, okay. Rather than the website and the Facebook page and all that, we just go, you know the drill. Social other media. Yeah. Uh, so, Liz, the reason why you're on with us this evening is uh, we decided to do a watch. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Before that, before that, we, we need to address the elephant in the room. <clears throat> ah, yes. Actually, there's but... two two things. One of them's not an elephant, though. Okay. But uh, your boy's got COVID. <laughs> Fucking the bug finally bit me. Yeah, yeah. Our our young Dylan finally got the vid. He got the vid. Luckily, it's not. Um, doesn't appear to be a very intense case of it. Uh, I'm quite congested. My voice is a, uh, perhaps is a bit more timber to it. Got some treble. Sound, some more treble. <laughs> We're man, all about. I'm the a treble. man of uh, high trebles. Um, the trouble with troubles, yeah. So, and uh, I'm hot, <laughs> so I probably have a fever. I haven't taken my temperature, but yeah, it's not too. It's not the worst case. I don't want to <laughs> say it's not too bad, simply because that makes it sound like it's not a thing to be concerned about. Because it is obviously. So, um, but thankfully, mine is not a terrible case, and uh, I'm pretty certain that I got it from attending. 
uh, Maryland Death Fest over the weekend because there were a lot of people posting in the Maryland Death Fest Facebook group that they were coming up positive oh, with no. COVID as well. So um, additionally, uh, apparently there were some people that just straight up had COVID and went to the festival anyway. So to those people, I say, up yours. Yeah, people uh, suck sometimes. But, super spreader event. Yeah. 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 And, and I was outdoors for the most part. Um, yeah, that was a, it was a pretty weird weekend, I guess. Uh, just to give you a quick summary of it, because I'm going to do a recording of it on my own. Um, I was staying down in our friend Trevor Graff's place because he was away for the weekend. So well, I. That's why you got the COVID. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was from taking care of his cats. Um, but it was just me and the cats at his place hanging out. Very nice of him to offer me to stay there. Uh, and I was there, uh, I was there last Wednesday until Memorial Day on Monday. And I saw a bunch of death metal bands and other bands. And, uh, amongst the other crazy things that happened was, uh, one of the guys from the band Mortician, the main dude, uh, was thrown out of one of the venues because he picked a fight with somebody. Mm. Uh, arguably, like, the most kind of uh, potentially very gross thing that happened was during the autopsy set, autopsy being a death metal band, uh, during the circle pit for autopsy, when it was uh, momentarily paused, a man laid down on the ground his girlfriend proceeded to squat above him, drop her pants, and he uh, performed oral sex on her in front of a lot of people. Wow, that's no half-assed autopsy. No, that was a no. That was a full-assed autopsy. <laughs> well, that's um, probably how she got COVID. This was on stage. No, this was in the crowd. Oh, and, and I... mind you, this this festival takes place in the outdoor section anyway. Uh, takes place basically just in a parking lot underneath an overpass in Baltimore. So, yeah. Like the place um, to be. <laughs> I'm just, lots of... Uh, Jesus. Now, I have no problems with whatever, you know, whatever people choose, to, consenting adults choose to do. Um, safe, sane, and consensual, the whole thing. And whatever your kink is, as long as it's not children or animals or beings that can't consent then whatever but that's how much ecstasy do you have to take to make yourself to make that an option um well i mean it's it supposedly it's the last edition of the festival just due to like it was canceled the last two years due to covid Mm -hmm. um so i guess people were like feeling very celebratory and like really my problem was not so much that because i was like all right whatever you know that's fucking insane uh the thing i did not like about it was because i saw a video of it was uh the the amount of people like slapping this girl's ass and like putting their fingers like up her cooch i was just like mm -hmm. don't do that that's not fucking cool. That is not consensual. That is yeah, that is that's... that is creepy. No one knows where your fucking hands have been. Like that you're doing that in front of, you know, her partner. I just that was nasty. It was just like it was a wild moment. But um 
tragically, there was also a person who, uh, trigger warning, uh, took their life. Uh, they jumped off of a parking garage in the Inner Harbor, and a number of people saw it. It was unfortunately it was a, an attending, uh, a uh, person attending the show, and uh, they took their life. And a lot of people <laughs> saw it, and it's just a really, really fucking sad situation. That's, I mean, it's, it's horrible. Um, you know, can you, you need, you can go on about how people can feel alone in a crowd um, and things like that and maybe exacerbate, exacerbate existing mental health issues or drug issues or whatever. But like, just this, I hope the rest of the festival was fun for you because this sounds like, well, it sounds like this festival was populated by people who are were like um desperate to have a good time. Well, it seems like no, nothing bad happened to me. So, I had a good time. The worst thing that happened to me was I got a little bit sunburned and that was pretty much it. So, and you caught covid. And the verb. And and I got covid. <laughs> um, I had a good time personally speaking. I saw a ton of bands that I got that I had been wanting to see for a long time. I got to bring my camera. It, it was just a, it was a, and you know, I saved a ton on uh, the hotel and everything like that. And, you know, I got to go to, I went to the aquarium. So I had a very good weekend. It was just like, for me, as just like an attendee, as someone who's just like spectating this whole thing, it's just like how much fucking crazy shit could happen in a weekend. And just every single day I got a new answer. Yeah. And you hear, I mean, you know, just as far as festivals go, you hear like Burning Man horror stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I don't think you have to look much farther than uh, what was it? The They they did the documentary about it like last Mm -hmm. year. Um, Fuck, what was that? Oh, Woodstock. 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 Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fire Festival, you know. Yeah, oh, I mean, you're talking about Woodstock '99. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure even um, you've experienced uh, some really questionable behavior and oh, yeah. negative things happen oh, yeah. at some of the festivals. Uh, you've stories on this to. podcast. Yeah, well, people stealing stuff. I mean, that's happened to us. I mean, we always joke about the guy that stole, like the ri- or the person, I should say, that stole a really shitty can of beer out of our cooler, but. We also had uh, somebody abscond with uh, tapestry. What, two of our tapestries. I think two tas- tapestries. Uh, Grateful yeah. Dead one, and uh, <laughs> and I think another one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, You've seen a lot of drug issues. Yeah, we have people drunk or high in ways that were dangerous. Yeah. Shit, we've the seen lady, some bad behavior. Just like with me. What's that? <laughs> the baby. Yeah, the lady that left her baby with me. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, complete uh, stranger. I'm just gonna <laughs> leave my baby in a in a you know uh, what's it call it a stroller. Stroller. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't think of the name. Um, I was gonna say even like we've seen some questionable behavior at our old hockey gatherings. <laughs> oh yeah, we have had to diffuse a fucking situation full of uh, questionable behavior. <laughs> I think that's a little different, though, because I think with your hockey tournament, your um, the people all know each other, so they relax 
and maybe drink more or behave ways that you you do because they've let their guard down. I think the festivals is oh, just yeah. you have like people like individuals with really skewed common sense. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Just like I don't know how people like stay up the entire weekend just like drinking from like 12 in the afternoon until 2 in the morning. Like I just probably even before 12 like i just don't know how you do that like i can't do it anymore uh i i really tried to keep my drinking to a limit just because i knew i was going to be outside and i didn't want to get dehydrated they did have a water tank though that which was appreciated um a couple other features probably that um you enjoyed was uh sleeping in trevor's bed <laughs> i slept in the guest room thank you very much uh, yeah, technically yeah, is bad. Big guest room. Does he still have lots of pets? Uh, yes. I had to, t as I said, I had to take care of his cats, uh, Boomer and Khaleesi. And let me tell you, uh, those cats were just like all up in my shit the entire fucking <laughs> weekend. Like I was doing the dishes, and the one cat, Khaleesi, was just like literally sticking her face into my face and i'm just like do you really need to fucking be here right now <laughs> like really like i thought cats don't like water i'm about to just start spraying you with water obviously i wouldn't do that but wow <clears throat> yeah i mean That's intense yeah. i don't know what i would do if i i mean i i think i'd have the same reaction as dylan as like i guess you do you boo but the whole other people touching her um, yeah yeah probably without her consent uh, is gross. And just, I would no. well, think about all those people like at the dark Lord, that, that couple and uh, how they would always get like what they would beat each other up or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 And First people would just be standing around filming it. And it's like, like just no like, and then eventually security would come in and take them away or whatever, or or sometimes you'd see all those uh, pictures of people like in like various uh, states of drunkenness or being sick or other things, you know, maybe you know other bad things like maybe they shit themselves or something, you know, like it, it's just all like walks of things and i know you probably is not the most pleasant thing to walk up to somebody who just puked or maybe had uncontrollable diarrhea but somebody should check on them right not just fucking take a picture because you think it's going to be funny on your instagram right 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 yeah i mean i did not do this but like on my way out one day i saw this dude and he was a big dude like just hunched up against the fence. And as I noted in my daily journal, uh, he was approaching a near liquid state with the amount of fucking sweat that was coming off of his body. So that was just like too much sun, too much moshing, too much booze. And like, he was there, like, there was someone talking to him and like, I don't know who it was, but they were like asking if he could like get up and move. I just heard him say it like, and he said it so like weakly in pain. He's just like, it hurts to do literally anything. I was like, oh my God. 
Right. God, I mean, you gotta be really fucked up if it's like you can't even like move. I mean, I've certainly like been there once or twice for sure, but like it's been a while. And let me tell you, this guy did not look like he was doing well. I wish it was something they could put on like your ticket or your access or something to any of these festivals that says just be a good human and look out for your fellow concert goers. If you see something, say something. They do, but it, yeah. and I mean, like at Peach, they they ask people to do that, and yeah, I mean, every year there's there's people that end up in the hospital or worse, right? Unfortunately, you're not just drinking and drugs. Like if you see some person assaulting another person, if you see right people yeah. harassing somebody, um. You don't have to get involved. Obviously, you don't want to like get. Well, find uh, security. Yeah, find security, yeah. or you know, don't just like you said, don't just take a picture because you think it's funny. Because that's the thing that that I like about how we kind of came up in the '90s. Um, not every stupid thing that you did ended up on the internet. Yeah. Because, God, we did a lot of stupid things, yeah? Yeah, Actually, I mean, not just even, drunk even stuff, the, but just dumb things. Even in the early 2000s, not every stupid thing wound up on the internet. Yeah, so, so that was Maryland Death Fest. It was a fucking wacky, woolly, wild weekend. <clears throat> yeah, and, man, we Sean and I have ours coming up. We're starting to uh, check out some of the bands and artists that we're not familiar with, and I'm sure we'll have stories, Sean. We we have stories every year of things that happen, you know, and it, it'll happen. We'll we'll have some good stories coming out of uh, the Peach Music Fest down there in Scranton. Yeah, I think I think even like with us doing the hotel thing, I mean that we we I mean we had some really good stories last year. Oh, uh, certainly. Yeah. Oh, just, like the bus rides and stuff like that were great. Yeah, or like that little uh, section that uh, like Alcove kind of up, like that area that we sat in for some of the bands. Um, oh, with the drug smorgasbord? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the drug den. That sounds like yeah. a place I would enjoy. Uh, uh, probably. Uh, I think even that might be a much for you, Dylan, because I think you would uh, skip some of the opiates. Well, and I think, I mean, my thing is that just this, like, era, like, still with COVID very much a thing, like, complete strangers, you know, just passing around, like, joints and stuff and bowls and whatnot. And oh, I, I do not know. share my weed with anybody. I don't do that. Yeah, I'm just like, even like pre like COVID, it's a little bit like Ew. I don't know you if you got like some lip fungus or something <laughs> like you get the herp. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times, like people go out and it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they bring like their pen and they're just like, "Oh, you want to hit this?" And you're just like, "Man, those fucking like pen tips are so nasty because they get like they go in your pocket." They get lint in there. Just keep that in your own mouth, you know? Like, if it's, like, someone you're with around, you know, your wife, your partner, whatever, your husband, whoever it is, um, like, okay, I could understand that. You know what I mean? But, like, 
even like my close friends, I still just like make sure you bring your own piece if you're coming over to my place to hang out because uh, or I'll just clean one for you and <clears throat> you can use that. Yeah, yeah. I just I I <laughs> like everybody roll your own because no. I think, yeah, but I think us, us staying at the hotel, it kind of helped us to distance and we didn't encounter maybe as much as we would on the, on the mountain from camping. Not, yeah, not nearly because that is, even in the family camp section, there's still a lot of craziness going on. Oh, and we, and we avoid, and we avoid the snakes too. Oh, you gotta avoid those snakes. Oh, wait, you mean staying at the hotel? Staying at the hotel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The last year that we stayed on the mountain, there was a snake like like five camps up from ours. <laughs> yeah, it was really close. Yeah. Oh wow. The was fucking, it just like a friendly the, you know, the snake was five snake? camps away from you? Like five tents. Okay, it, like that's so at like, least forty to fifty feet. No, not They're there. They're sandwiched in. Like, more like 20 feet, if that. Okay. Was it a 20-foot-long snake? Maybe. It was I highly was doubt a it. Little uh, some of these that they posted, they were large, like, rattlesnakes. Like, big, like, yeah. I thought Sean was going to say, they were bloody large snakes. <laughs> well, like, there's what a if, lot of snakes if... that are, like, they're, they're non-venomous, they're... They're just looking for someplace warm, and there's all of this body heat. So, what we could have we could have caught it, Sean, and put it on the camp stove. Could you imagine, uh, Mike and Sean get check into their hotel, and then they open up the door, <laughs> and then the door crossing opens up, and it's like a six foot tall like rattlesnake, uh, and it's like uh, wearing it wearing a top hat, and it's just like, oh, good day, gents. Are you off to the festival? <laughs> Sean <laughs> is like faints. The top hat would be fine. Okay, as long as he was like, "Oh no, I'm not going to eat you. I'm going down and get me a tray of those kippers." <laughs> like, why are yeah. you British? They don't have rattlesnakes in Britain, as far as I know. There's a wrestling so show in town. There's a wrestling show in town, and Jake the Snake Roberts is uh, down the <laughs> hall from us. You know, he's got a satchel full of snakes. In his... Yeah. Hey, you know what else is a cold-blooded killer? Oh, nice segue. Thank you. Um, Jim? <laughs> yes. He's a cold-blooded killer? That's why he's on assignment. Yes. Special assignment. Yeah, um, so I guess it's time. Uh, the reason why Liz came on this um, <laughs> episode tonight, um, and something that we had talked long about starting, and we finally got around to it, because the right yeah. holiday this time too. <laughs> yeah, we're we're leading right into the correct holiday for this. Uh, we decided to start our rewatch of the Jaws uh, movie franchise, and uh, Liz had never seen the first Jaws movie or any of them. any of them. I was not allowed. The movie came out the year I was born. So obviously I didn't see it in the movie theater. Um, <laughs> and they just dropped the baby off at the theater to watch. It'll, it'll be entertained. I love it. 
He'll um, sleep during the talking moments and cry during the loud moments and then go oh, back to sleep. I hate it when parents bring babies to movies. Oh, me too. It's terrible. Um, no, at, at that age, it probably would have been a scenario where they would have brought gone to the drive-thru and I would have just been sleeping in the back seat in a car seat or something. Right. But um, which might have happened. I might have seen this movie in the back seat sleeping in the car seat, but I doubt it. In the womb. Yeah. Um <coughs> But uh, no, as I was born in January and it came out after that. Um, and then by the time it was either on VHS or on TV, um, I probably would have been seven or eight. And my television movie watching was very censored as a child. My books weren't. I could read anything I wanted. But as far as movies and television, they didn't want me to watch anything that would give me nightmares um, which I, good? I, I guess only, it's good. Good parenting. I only laugh because I think Mike and I have talked about it on the podcast that that was not the situation in our household. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we would regularly go to the downstairs, like video store of Rosa and Sullivan, and rent like any horror movie like that mom was tickled by uh wanting to see yeah and uh just to give context rosen sullivan was like a local department store furniture kind kind of of like furniture appliances yeah you rented movies from a fucking department store basement yeah yeah it was just like this little nook in this store that they they rented not only VHS, but beta as well. Oh, my God. Well, I think the other part, I know I told you this. My grandmother uh, couldn't swim and was deathly afraid of water. So she probably projected some of her fears onto me, thinking that I would have the same reaction as her. You know, fear of drowning, fear of death in the water. Um, but also, just it had happened once. They let me watch a movie and I had nightmares afterwards. So from that point forward, they were very careful with what I watched. Just so I wouldn't end up with night terrors until I was an adult. You're so like, I mean, I'm I, terrified I, of the sharks. And your, your grandmother's like, oh, well, I don't give a shit about sharks. They don't scare me. You should be scared of the water. You're like, but the shark is in the water. Okay, but the shark isn't scary. The shark's not real. The water's real. <laughs> Wait, Liz, you said that did happen that you watched one and, and you had a bad dream? Or they said watched, you said they were afraid that you would do that? No, I watched a movie. Not oh. Jaws, but I watched a movie. I watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. Okay, um, honestly, like Raiders is probably a bit more horrific than Jaws, just because it was like made at a later time. I think it was 81, right? Yeah, yeah. so it was about six years. Yeah, so I was about six years old. Well, you yeah, think that... about the ending too. <laughs> yeah, man, um, people melt, their heads explode. <laughs> so probably uh, also the snakes and other stuff. The snake yeah. coming out of when when uh, when Marion ended up in the skeleton. Yes, yes. Thing. So there's the fucking like python, like slowly like crawling out of the thing's mouth, like the dead body's mouth. And the oh, sound man, effects... that part freaked me out too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the sound it's effects awesome. make it look like the skeletons are screaming. Yes. So uh, yeah. after that incident, 
my, uh, the sensor went on. The sensor of all movies went on because I probably woke up screaming and crying for several days afterwards. That's awesome. Um, and that started <laughs> the era of 1940s MGM movie musicals. Yep. Uh, um, what your theory was is that they probably watched Jaws at some point on VHS, mm -hmm. like they had rented it, watched it ahead of like after you went to bed oh, yeah. and decided that it was not a movie that you should uh, be subjected to yeah. at that age. And I think that's good parenting. Yeah. You know? Whereas our mom was just like, oh, Sean, you're only age four? Yeah, you can watch <laughs> Child's Play. Yeah. Sure. And be like scarred for life. Or Friday the 13th <laughs> or whatever. Well, it came out yeah. in 88, so I would have been like, Seven. You know, seven, eight, or well, by the time it made its way onto VHS, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So, so this was Liz's first experience with the movie. Yes. Um, what is your, your guys' experience with this movie? Like, when did you first see it? And then I'll tell mine. Oh my gosh. I, shit. I don't know, man. Um, it had to be when I was a kid. I remember, uh, well, our sister was quite traumatized by watching this this movie, and she did did not does not like sharks very much. Um, I she's think she's only recently kind of warmed up to them a little bit. Right, right, yeah, and uh, I think that's by virtue of uh, her daughter, um, our niece Michaela, uh, being kind of really keenly interested in sharks and. Uh, aquatic life and stuff like that. Um, but gosh, Dylan, I had to have been somewhere between the ages of like five and eight when I first saw it. So you saw it before Sean ever did. I'm guessing. I, I, oh, I, I mean, would have to think, yeah. Well, I didn't know if the first time you, he saw it was together. Well, no, oh, if I saw it, I. I couldn't pinpoint. I mean, it, 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 yeah. I, I couldn't tell you if we rented it on VHS or if it was on TV and we watched it then, but I kind of know how old I was. All right. Well, I don't know if this makes me more of a basket case or if I have a pretty good memory because uh, I remember watching most of the third act of the movie at a friend's house when I was really young and I was like pretty captivated by it. And, my parents are like, all right, well, we can watch Jaws. It's fine. There's like, there's like nothing bad that happens in it. You know, there's like outside of like people getting like, you know, eaten and they're just like, and he's not really like phased by that, you know? Um, uh, and then I remember, I believe I watched it with my grandparents in full because they had like seen it and they could like explain things to me or whatever. And they didn't tell me to not like look away when like, you know, like when, when it gets chomped or anything like that. And then after that, I remember distinctly watching it again down the shore along with the second and the third. I was surprised to hear how many people like, and maybe this was a thing, um, people who are like older, you know, between 10 and 15 years older than me, who are like, yeah, drive-ins used to do this thing where they would like have a pool or, or like they would whatever show it and people would be encouraged to come swim and float on like inner tubes and watch the movie. It's pretty fucking rad. I like that. 
I'm like, that freaking terrifying. <laughs> well, I, I like it too, because like at that point, like if you've seen the movie a bunch of times, like who gives a shit if you have to like get out and towel off for a little while? You just like time it for like all the good stuff. So like it's a great kind of like fodder movie for that. Uh, yeah, I think I it was that. like a it's it's like from the people that I talked to, it sounds like it was like a phenomenon to um I mean, the movie was like a huge phenomenon in, in like good and bad ways. Right. Well, that it was like one of her summer blockbusters, I think. Yeah. Is, right. Yeah. I think it was like they, 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 uh, somebody had the bright idea, probably in like Southern California or Florida or something, to screen it at like a, a public pool or something. Yeah. And uh, after the theatrical release. And, um, you know, charge money for people to come in for like a late night swim and movie thing, which probably made quite a bit of money. <laughs> but in a lot of cases, this was some kid's first time seeing it because it was probably cheaper. It was after it had been theatrical released. So they, you know, were seeing it after, you know, everybody else had already seen it. The parents could bring their six, seven kids in the neighborhood all down to the pool and pay what, five bucks for a total of them. Uh, and they'd all go swimming and watch the movie just floating in the water, which again, terrifying. <laughs> I was just looking up because I was curious. Because I mean, you know, that the other part of this that we're going to do is the sequels. And I was looking up <laughs> when the when the sequels came out, and Jaws three came out in nineteen eighty three. Duffy, I remember seeing that in the theater. In 3D. All right. Well, we'll get there. But uh, so question, question. I was age seven at that point, so I I think I had seen the other two movies prior to that. Did we decide to do this because I had told you guys about the weird fifth movie, and we we're like, oh, let's just watch all the Jaws movies. Yeah, Cruel Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait till we get to Cruel Jaws. I'm looking forward <laughs> well, to that. Yeah, I mean, I think the other part, I mean, we, we, we've been doing a lot of these movie reviews or movie discussions, um, especially around uh, the holidays and holiday movies and some of the some of the genres that we've been doing are like horror movies. So mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we decided to do this one um, and then it kind of escalated after I brought it up. And Liz is like, oh, I've never seen that. Then the idea, I think, came to have her on to discuss uh, at least this one. And if she was okay with doing at least the second one. I don't know that <laughs> she'll make it to the third one or not. We'll find out. I'll watch them with you. Um... <laughs> I don't know. You, you might make it past the second one, but I don't know if you'll... I think, I don't know Liz, if... I think Liz has it in her to get through... Probably all four of them. I don't know if Liz has it in her to get through Cruel Jaws. <laughs> I think, this is my prediction, I think in the middle of the fourth movie, she'll get up out of her chair and walk away. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm done. I'm going to go in the other room and read because this, no. Or, or Liz is going to be like, I'm going to go and take a dump. And it might be a really long dump. So don't stop the movie. Oh, I was gonna say, oh, Liz, should I pause it? Nope, no, no, let it roll. Her, let it roll. Let it roll. 
She's like, I could I could take a good guess what's gonna happen. <laughs> She's like, let me guess. You just have to come back for the last like five minutes. I'll I'll try. I'll try to make it through all of them. And you know, I'm kind of like invested. I like watching movies and talking about them. So yeah, I think she'll do it. I think she'll get through it. So, but yeah, I mean, I fucking love Jaws. It rules. I I didn't. um, So like I said, you know, I'd never seen it, and uh, as an adult, when I could make my own choices of what I wanted to watch, probably from the age of 15 on. Um, I just never, by that point, I just, well, I wasn't interested. You know, there's lots of other stuff, you know, your high school, college, didn't really have time. Um, and then Boys. it was like, not cool. Cause it was an <laughs> old movie. Uh, and I, I never, I didn't honestly expect to like it because I don't usually like horror movies, yeah. but I liked this. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, let's let's face it. It's. I oh, mean, I there's forgot. a. I had this on VHS. I remember I ha- I got the like double VHS release of Jaws, and one VHS wow. was the movie, and the other one was the documentary. I know, like the Blu-ray edition that I have. I think the documentary that's on it is actually longer than the movie. <laughs> Yeah, Probably. I was gonna I, I was gonna watch it, and now I can't go out into the living room. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I think it's almost double the length of the movie. Well, there's what I'm looking at the case right now. It's like a there's a two hour documentary on this thing. Yeah, that's what Mike was. Yeah, but I think I remember Sean. You were over um, when we when I got this and I think it looks like you got the same one. Yep. Um, and we started watching the documentary and we're like, Oh, we'll watch the documentary and then we'll watch the movie. And I think we made it almost all the way through the documentary and just was like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I think we're good here. So is uh, aside from the documentary, is there a commentary that goes with the movie? Cause that might be fun. If there is, especially if it's Richard Dreyfus, the shark is not working. My d- my dad saw him at work one time. He was like, "Hey, my son just watched Jaws for the first time," and he's like, "But he loves watching the documentary because there's the part where you're like, the shark is not working," and he just like <laughs> totally embarrassed him. But he was like, "Oh, thank you, thank you," and he got a fucking autograph from him, and I lost it. So I don't know where it went, but I, I lost don't my see autograph. that there's a uh, there's commentary, which would be fun. Yeah, I think, um, I'm trying to think, when is the, so 25 would be the 50th anniversary, 2025. I think they should get together, whoever is still alive, and have them do a commentary uh, of the movie. I think they should get the guy who directed Cruel Jaws to do the commentary for the 50th, the 25th (laughs) anniversary. Mm. Um, The... You know, talking about the documentary, obviously, like the making of and whatnot, I don't think we really need to talk too much about the production of this because it's been talked about like ad nauseum because it's like the most, it's like one of the most notorious film productions of all time. Um, So if you are interested, there's, like we said, there's a documentary, there's plenty of good resources out there for reading about the production of Jaws. But I think 
since like you know three quarters of us have seen it a bunch and liz has just seen it i figured like you know obviously we should hear what liz liked about it um <laughs> but we'll probably forego that discussion unless it's like truly notable i agree i mean yeah. obviously i've only watched it the once so i'm sure there's a lot that i missed i've never watched the documentary but um and just you know with the caveat of that i have okay i never saw it until this last week but that doesn't mean i haven't been exposed to memes and references to the movie um in other uh entertainment and arts my whole life you know well, probably you like fear. back to the future part two right i never saw it mm. <laughs> wow a movie I've oh seen God. that hasn't seen. Oh, yeah. I think Mike and I, after Jaws, I think we kind of went down like a a list of notable movies I've never seen that, that you know, I probably should go back and see. And uh, and there's quite a few. Um, but, yes, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard the quotes uh, of a lot of it. I knew the general concept of it. Um, I'd heard the John Williams score of it. I knew the whole... Heck, you had seen John Williams in concert. Yeah, I saw John Williams in concert. I don't think he did the John score, though. He had to uh, some of it. You are um, a fake, fake John Williams fan. You haven't seen all of the movies he's done music for. All of them. And I, I, know, I knew the story it. about the shark, the animatronic shark, being kind of a dud and not working, and that's why it's not in the movie. Um, but I think, you know knowing that and now having seen the movie it was better without it because they did such a good job with the psychological scares mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it definitely oh, yeah. worked in their favor to be honest with you it forced in some them respects to. Yeah. yeah like i mean even the, the opening scene with the girl um which i mean is so iconic but it works so very well <laughs> um i was gonna say that's the probably the other reason i was prohibited from watching it it was like the just like open murder of a girl. Or no, I guess, the uh, the her stripping off and him the the uh, nudity and the intent of right of Forn sex fornication. Yes, yes. It took me years, like many viewings, until I was like, "Oh, she's naked." <laughs> <laughs> Well, even that opening scene's been like spoofed in other, like even comedy movies. Like it's been, you know, that's uh, pretty iconic in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, I didn't know that until seeing it. I'm like, oh, 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 mm. okay. Like the whole guy playing a guitar while other people are doing things, and um, people, you know, passing around a joint, people smoking, um girl sitting strangely off by herself yeah yeah and i mean like if you if you take like the first part of the movie like maybe the first what hour and 10 minutes or so and you look at like the different deaths the like the major deaths and the the concept of that the shark really isn't in those very much or at all uh you you never have that visual of the shark, but your 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 mind is uh, triggered by what you're seeing as far as those scares go, or or the scenes like 
So like Sean always references the Kittner boy and the, the imagery of the raft um, in the surf and just being all bloody, the water being bloody flowing around it and all of that, that is in the mind's eye. That's enough. You don't need to actually see the, the chewing of the Kittner boy. <laughs> right. And, that, um, and then the raft washing ashore. Right. You know, a bunch of it, yeah, taken out of it. Um, yeah. Your, that's that's extra your mind fills in the gaps. Yeah. I do that? like that you, I do like that in that scene though, that you do see the shark like roll over in the water, which is like, yeah. it's just kind of strange because you just see this thing and it's in shadow. And then there's just like this really like this fucking geyser of blood. I mean, like just an insane amount of blood. And then the right. kid just being like, like when he's drowning and there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people that see it. And then there's that really cool shot where it zooms in on Roy Scheider and it like the background like stretches out. And I was like, Oh man, that shot is so great. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, that shot has been done like in other movies and stuff. It's just, you know, and they pull it from that. It's such a cinematic moment that mm -hmm. that it's iconic. I guess the question, so again, I'm sure I could answer this uh, if I watched the documentary, but you guys could just tell me. Um, how In that opening scene where she is attacked, the girl in the water at night is attacked, and the, the shark flings her back and forth, and she's doing that. You can't do that on your own. That's like, was somebody... Was she on a machine? Was somebody yeah. throwing her around under the water? If you read the credits of the movie, they actually have someone called Girl Flinger <laughs> on the crew. Yeah, she's like, I forget what it is, but she's atta attached to some kind of like rig or a pulley. And I think it's a person like yanking it and basically like just pulling her in the water. Like it's, she's not being like attached to the shark or anything. It's just like a thing that's yanking her around like back and forth. Right, because like I could only liken it to that's the kind of movement you see on somebody who is riding a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, or it's like a, an amusement park ride. I, I don't know if it necessarily looks exactly like what a shark attack looks like, um, but for the purposes of what they had to do, it's yeah, quite yeah. disturbing. I'm sure uh, a shark attack, they pull you under, that you wouldn't still be able to be above water and flailing. Yeah. Well, Come even on. like, um, I mean, in like the, uh, the exorcist, uh, where she like is flailing about in the bed, they had a oh, rigging yeah. for that to like pull her. Um, they broke her back. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of those things back, like what, a couple few years ago when I brought up that cursed movies, uh, series, mm -hmm. uh, cursed films. And they talked about that, how that was something, but like just thinking of like rigging, that they could use to perform something like that and sort of similarly in Jaws. I like the concept of like girl flinger being the like girl right flinger. Below, right below key grip <laughs> and best boy and then girl flinger. We have to find out who the person that flung the girl was. Yeah. I don't think it's really in the credits. I just made it up. No. Um, uh, I guess I, we just wanted to run through some basic info. It well, came out I, in 19. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, well, I wanted to say, I mean, the um, 
the other two scenes prior to them getting on the orca with like death scenes, right? I mean, you have the one where um, they find um, when Brody and um, what's his face? Um, Hooper? Hooper, yeah. When Brody and Hooper. Ben Gardner? Yeah, they go out on the boat right at night (laughs) and they they find the the boat just sitting there and Hooper, you know, goes and gets out the scuba gear and all that and goes into the water and you he finds the shark tooth, but then also finds uh Ben there, you know? And that scene, I mean I jumped. I, that was a jump scare for me. Yeah, that was a definite jump scare. And even to this day watching it, I know it's coming. And I was yeah. kind of like looking out of the corner of my eye at Liz to see how she reacted <laughs> to it. But while also kind of keeping an eye on the screen. But so like, I was just like, okay, okay, it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> and still even, even it got me too. Like even knowing it was coming, I saw, you know, like. Well, where I'm in the corner going, oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh but that again, no shark there, but it it gets you worked up, you know, watching that and the visual of seeing his head just kind of come out into the into the hole of the ship, you know? Missing mm. his eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that would have elicited nightmares for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You you also get like a good solid like one second shot of it so you get like a very clear image of this like rotting corpse missing its eye with this like look of pure terror on its face like stuck in rigor mortis and like i love that like hooper can't even looks like it it comes out and and then it screams too for some fucking reason (laughs) um that part is definitely just put in to like get everybody the jump scare yeah to add to the the startle but it, well, it, then it's like just, the, the anticipation uh, is the shark going to show. So that sort of adds to right. it to me. It's like, yeah. oh, is this, a, is this a scene where the shark's going to show up again? Right. Is it still yeah. hanging around? Yeah. Right. Uh, well, my question is, now maybe I didn't see it. I thought it was just the head. I didn't think it was attached to a body. It was um, the whole it's body? A, it, I, I don't know. It's... It could just be like the top part of him. Yeah, but... you don't actually really see. Okay, because I thought head. that that it scared me that you know obviously the jump scare part and then the oh you know I thought it was like the shark ate the body and left the head. I mean that you 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 can't quite see or tell because it's so quick and they kind of it cuts to like him dropping the tooth mm-hmm. and every you know and and you know, panicking to get back to the the boat with Brody and everything. So you don't really see, you don't see anything further than just uh, Ben's head. Um, He's like wearing some kind of jacket. They put like some kind of jacket on him. uh, The other other scene, I mean, before, again, before they get on the Orca and it kind of hammers the point home, I feel, was the, um, the 4th of July scene on the beach and uh the uh the guy that gets the guy that gets attacked as opposed to um michael and his friends on the sailboat 
and the imagery of that you do get a little bit of like a view of like the shark in the water kind of but the uh, the only other thing you get is a severed leg falling down to the floor of the sea yeah mm-hmm. we used to refer to that guy as the legless wonder <laughs> <laughs> and so we and so we came up with a wonder for each of the Jaws movies. So he was the legless wonder. Um, I don't remember what the second one was, so I'll have to watch. I'll have to try to remember while watching the movie, and then but, I, I, won't, I won't say what the rest are. But again, yeah, I feel like are hey, you I mean, guys okay over there? <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Scott was like, God, I always felt bad for that guy. He's like, he had a slack jaw or something. He's like, Hey, you guys okay over there? <laughs> Poor guy. He didn't know he, what he was in for. Yo, yo, no one gives a shit that he dies. No. <laughs> Literally nobody. Brody's just like going after his kid and everyone's just like, oh, the strange man in the boat was eaten. Oh, well. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's not. How come nobody like came to avenge that dude? That's what they he should was do probably, six. He, he probably um, was from like the uh, uh, the mainland. So nobody really related to him, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about, um, like, the part of the movie that's the pre-Orca. It's the yes. kind of the build-up. Yeah. So here's one of my takes that surprised me. I thought Jaws was a straight horror movie. It was like, you know, that's it. There's, you know. And I was very pleasantly surprised to find the amount of comedy in it i wasn't expecting it and it is entirely uh almost entirely due to richard dreyfus um and i wonder how many of his lines were ad-libbed because he's a great actor don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. he's one of the best actors of the last 50 years but um his delivery sounds so quick for some of his lines that I wonder how many of them are his and how them, how many of them were actually in the script. Because like when the guy, like when he shows up and they're gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, <laughs> the officer in charge has asked me that you please vacate the boat. Ah, well, uh, well could you please direct me to uh, uh, perhaps a nice hotel or a restaurant in, on the Island. Uh, where can I find that? Uh, you walk uh, straight ahead. <laughs> ah, they're all gonna die. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're gonna die. <laughs> like, so can't, I did, can't that's take like, this abuse much longer. Right. That that. Oh God, I laughed. I loved that part where even like, the part where he's like, "Oh boys, uh, <laughs> he's come back for feeding time." Or oh uh, yeah, he's coming back for noon feeding or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, some of those lines were just number one, the delivery. The uh, the imitation he did up at the you know like D- Dylan just said that I can't take this abuse much longer. Um, he was like, "Yeah, our, our Captain Jimmy," you know, just kind <laughs> of like just messing around. How much of that was his ad lib, and how much of it was in the script? Because the delivery was so quick and so fast. Um, and like within the autopsy. I feel like, and again, I didn't watch the documentary. This might be addressed in that first autopsy of the girl that that died, that they pulled from um, the beach. Obviously, uh, Chief Brody 
is trying not to barf. He's trying not to get sick. And Hooper is, you know, excited. But, like, you can almost tell that there must have been a lot of takes for that. Because it almost looks like they're trying not to laugh. Hmm. I, I mean, that's I what know. I got. I, I, I got... Always... Go ahead. I just got that, um, like... They were the play on between the two of them that there probably was a lot of there were a lot of antics outside of uh action where they probably tried to mess with each other. Well, as far as I know, um, I don't know too much, I don't know to what extent was ad libbed and how much was written because um, I do know that like the script went through a lot of different hands. Um, in particular, the ooh, almost just gave myself a Charlie horse. Um, in particular, the Indianapolis speech, I think like this, mm-hmm. w- before they settled on Robert Shaw's version, like Spielberg did one, Carl Gottlieb, the, the screenwriter who also plays the, the, the town journalist, he did one. I think Roy Scheider and Dreyfus both took a crack at it and they finally settled on uh, uh, Robert Shaw's. Um, but I would wager that Richard Dreyfus and Roy Scheider had a better friendship uh, during the production of the movie than between uh, Dreyfus and Robert Shaw, who did not get along. <laughs> they were notably did not like each other during the production. And there was a point where like Robert Shaw just like was drunk a lot during the production. There was a lot of drinking during the production and also just as I've gotten older, like there is, there's so much drinking in this movie. So many people are drunk in this movie <laughs> a lot and it's but often also- great. But uh, just to finish, like there was a point, if I remember correctly, in one of the documentaries I watched where like Robert Shaw was like, man, I really just got to like get this under control. And Dreyfus just like grabbed his drink and threw it over the edge and just was like, fucking do something about it. <laughs> I was just going to say, Robert Shaw, though, he's kind of like one of those old school actors. Oh, totally. Everybody ex- everybody expected him to obviously show up and do the work, but also be cantankerous and drunk and a little bit of a, a screen hog. Because that's so like that's that. like the, the 19, 1950s male actor vibe. Um just kind of how they they presented themselves at that point and Dreyfus was kind of like a a, a young whippersnapper young up-and-comer um that maybe was a little bit not in that same mindset uh as someone like Shaw so yeah. you could see that they're from different schools of acting mm-hmm. yeah I, I could see that yeah it's funny though, like you you talked about um, a lot about like the relationship, um, but we'll we'll maybe touch on the boat thing a little bit. But the relationship differences between the three characters mm-hmm. and and how how different they were. But um, I wanted to kind of stick with um, or kind of go back to like a, a theme, but sticking mostly with like the islanders and stuff like that. The people, you know the some of the characters from the island. Um, but 
one of the things that I realized uh, watching this and kind of revisiting it, and I, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Sean would have this perspective because I mean, like he said, he's watched this movie se- several times um, over the years, like and maybe multiple times per year. But I, I think it's been a little bit of time since I had watched it, and I feel like. Um, this viewing of it that when we watched this past weekend was like almost like watching it like with like a fresh set of eyes in a way. I definitely like, noticed more stuff this time around. Well, what I, what I mean by that, like, yeah, like I feel like when I was a kid watching it, it was really all about the shark and the concept of the shark and the, 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 you know, the jump, the the jump scares were one thing and the imagery of the attacks, like when it was still taking place on the island, but really the last hour and change of this with when they're on the boat is really what is, you know, like as a kid, I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Now I watch this thing and I'm like, I'm I'm watching the the nuances of the first hour of this movie and just going, wow, there's a lot to digest there. Mm-hmm. That really, we even had a discussion about it afterwards, and how you could look at at this movie not only like you mentioned a comedy, but almost like a uh, in some respects a uh, political drama. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Social yeah. political commentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I mean, if you can't draw a comparison between this and the early days of COVID. Um, oh, yeah, that, dude. Yeah. yeah. Jaws, Jaws is the ultimate metaphor for bringing petty politics into a serious issue and you ignore science. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking yeah. mayor, legendary, yeah. legendary piece of shit. And I, I think I said that like right as the movie ended, I said I'm gonna try and hold on to as much of my thoughts on this for the podcast. But Jesus H, did Trump uh, emulate that guy on purpose? Because almost 50 years later, not a thing has friggin' changed. It's still profit over people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In what 50 years, the mentality parts? has not changed. One of my favorite parts is when Brody confronts him to like sign the fucking like wait like voucher to hire quit. And he's just like, and he goes, he's like, he literally says to Brody's face, he's like, Martin, my children were on the beach too. <laughs> I would have just been like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's really fascinating. Like, just you see that and you're just like, oh, my God, like it is. And it, then the other part of it is the time capsule of kind of um, pre-Reagan era America. You've got, you know, not just like the clothes that the people were wearing and the cars that people were driving and things like that. Because, like, there's that whole scene when all of the people are showing up yeah. for the big holiday weekend and they're coming up on the ferry, and you've just got a crowd. You've got hundreds of people, and they're all dressed different. And um, and oh my god, it's like it must have been a big deal that there was like black people 
because they showed like like a few like black families. I'm like, did you do that as like a, you know, oh, oh they allow black people at this island? Is that like? You know, because it's in this movie. I mean, that island right. did seem like it was like pretty goddamn white, <laughs> right? And I think like did they throw that in because so this island is very much like Mar- It was filmed on Martha's Vineyard, right? So yeah, it's like it that was very like much Dr- like, or like um, Long Beach Island shit like that. Yeah, it's a very like white people summer vacation out of the city destination. Yeah, and yeah, like you know, so you think civil rights movement is like less than ten years between the time that happened in this movie. So like showing white people and black people sunbathing on the same beach together mm-hmm. was novel. Uh and so I mean I was thinking that. So it's like a like you said, it's like a socio-political window um to see what's changed and just what hasn't in almost 50 years. It's interesting too. I, Mike and I were talking about this, but like even like looking at the town itself and kind of like that new like New England like look to it, mm-hmm. like there's still I mean modern day like I've driven through a lot of like New England or like coastal towns uh, in like Massachusetts and whatnot, and. Th- they have like the, it's almost like I mean they're they're set in that time like they are like very much like almost stuck in a certain era of sorts. Well, I was, and, I was in Annapolis over the weekend and it kind of had some similar vibes, you know. Yeah, and it's just interesting to see that. And I guess uh, you know it, it's a it's a part of what kind of makes it timeless in a way. Uh, the movie um, because there's like oh like this is this is not too dissimilar from how like certain things look in some of these coastal new england towns but um yeah like i agree with i mean the people and like some of like the interactions and especially the mayor i think the mayor really stands out to me um and i mean it's a it's scumbag but uh <laughs> Like some of the the lines, I mean, I was quoting one of them earlier. I think we'll get into talking quotes and stuff. Um, but I mean, a lot of his stuff just really stands out to me. I, you know, and it's funny. I saw it's unrelated to the movie, but um, well, kind of related, not related. But uh, it was funny back, uh, like I don't know, several weeks ago when like kind of like the gas prices were really on the rise somebody had posted a meme and it was like the mayor like uh, from jaws sort of in front of a gas station and the the meme says uh the pumps are open and everybody's having a wonderful time <laughs> uh so uh, you, you know like the, th- the other thing that occurred to me and I, I had this thought like way after the discussion with Liz what well, I, I think I think I was driving to work uh, earlier this week and I was just, I was just driving along and, and kind of lost in my thoughts and was thinking about talking about this movie and, and the mayor and chief Brody came up and like the mistakes that they made or the, how they kind of just wanted to sweep all this stuff under the rug and just go, Oh yeah, nothing to see here. There's the, Oh, we caught the shark. The Look, we caught the shark. Um, a shark. Yeah, they caught a shark. Uh, but 
Man. We caught the virus. We caught the virus. It's like, no, it's bad if you catch the virus. <laughs> well, no, no. There was no virus. It's, you know, it was fake. Yeah. It didn't exist. Um, she was killed by a boat rudder. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's only in China. <laughs> this person didn't die of COVID. They died of, they died of a boating accident. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Guy goes That's out, exactly. social gathering, has a few drinks. Next thing you know. It's happened before. Wait a minute. Did you get COVID from licking a boat propeller? <laughs> yeah, when I, was, when I was in Annapolis. Does, the, does, does Trevor have a boat and you, and you licked his boat, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I like Trevor's boat. Um, I was just going to go back to saying like what, what Sean had said is that, you know, so we can look at the beginning part of this movie and how people reacted and say, well, politicians haven't changed in 50 years. Mm-hmm. Resort towns haven't changed in at least 50 years. And you think to yourself, 50 years seems like a pretty significant amount of time if you look at like the difference between 1950 and 1900, right? But between 1975 and, you know, 2022, there doesn't seem to be as much change. All right. Well, here's the question that popped in my head while I was driving along. And this was the thing that I, I, I don't know why it, it occurred to me at that point, but um, so the mayor and Chief Brody, I don't know how much time passed between um, the first movie and the second movie. It stands to reason a bit of time because the boys had grown up a bit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, did, how did these guys get reelected? Well, Brody, I can imagine, got reelected because he fucking killed the shark. And nobody or, else wanted the job. Or and, was and, it like a um, like it, it wasn't like an elected position? It's like a it, it, it's a position you get hired for. So maybe you know what I mean? Like his maybe. I don't know. I, I, but the mayor, the mayor, I was like, how the fuck did he get reelected? Well, I mean, okay. anybody could have I mean, run. I mean, Mrs. Kittner should have run and said. You killed my son. That's oh, all yeah. she would have had to say on like the political side. She Mayor she fires Brody. She's like, go back to New York. Ma- I mean, Mayor you probably ask that question about like some real life politicians that we have and be like, how the hell did this happen? Mayor Mayor Schlub killed my son. Elect elect mom Ma Kittner. Yeah, it's like you ask yourself, how could people forget that what an awful politician he was to reelect them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Like, I would it, probably theorize it, people liked his uh, jackets. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a, how could you not? I mean, you know, you know who I could see rocking jacket. jackets like that. I could totally see Jim wearing jackets like with anchors and and shit on them. I could, I could also see Jim being like, "Why do you guys hate the mayor so much? He's just trying to do his job." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm like, is he the mayor or is he like the local ice cream man? Because it looks like he drives the Mister Softy truck. Um. So in the novel of Jaws, uh, so what one thing they did was with the adaptation was they cut a lot of the like really I I tried reading Jaws years ago and I was not super into it because Peter Benchley writes it more like a weird novel about people that just happens to feature a shark as opposed to like a movie about a shark that also has really good characters. And like one of the subplots in the novel is that the mayor actually has 
some ties to the mafia, and that's why he's being forced to keep the uh, the, the beaches open. Um, they don't allude to that in the movie at all. Instead, just making him like a giant piece of shit. But yeah, you would think that maybe like his. I, I don't. Know, I guess I don't know how long like the mayoral terms are off the top of my head. Like, <laughs> like can you Google the mayoral terms? Terms of amity of <laughs> Amity Island. No, I'm just saying in general. But like, you know, maybe he was still within his term or some shit like that. Like something I never noticed until this uh, watch through was that I never realized that this is Brody's first summer on Amity. Like this is the first time he's on the island as the chief of police. And I was like, oh man, that actually even explains more of the hostility between the mayor and him and like why he doesn't really have the same kind of pull that if it was, you know, a chief of police who had been there for like 10 years probably would. People don't trust him. They don't want to listen to him. They don't know him. And like, you know, regardless of, you know, how you feel about the cops. Like, he does try to do, like, the right thing in this movie, and he often winds up taking the fall for it. And at mm -hmm. least he's aware of that, as opposed to the mayor, who's just a gigantic fucking piece of shit that just cares about money. Not just yeah. him. The town council uh, as a whole seemed to go along hey, with is, the... Hey, is that payment going to be in cash or check? <laughs> yeah. So I do have a question. So do they say in the book or in any aspect of this, how Brody ended up, uh, or does it, it get addressed in future movies, how he ended up as chief of police when he, uh, on an island when he hated water, hated swimming. Like, how did he end up uh, chief of police in a resort town? They, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I feel they like... give him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just one of those things that, like, you don't think about in the movie because you're just like, oh, he got transferred here, you know, or like, they, or something like that. So they bought the house. Like, they talk about buying the house in the fall. Well, that's that was going to be that. That's your moment of exposition as far as him being new to the island. In that they mentioned the sun coming through the windows in the bedroom, and that they didn't. They didn't when they bought the house. The the sun wasn't coming through the windows at that point, right? Yeah, and I and know. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, and, and again, this isn't part of that time capsule thing. New York City in the seventies, uh, in early eighties, was um, terrifying. Uh, infinitely <laughs> yeah. more terrifying than it is now, uh, but like he, he legitimately legitimately almost like a wild west fend for yourself trash literally everywhere um it, before it was i guess for lack of a better term improved or gentrified or whatever you i see two shawls um <laughs> this happens a lot oh okay yeah. but um new york city pre i guess mayor koch was and giuliani yeah um was terrifying so the crime and just the condition of the city at that time in history you i kind of like in my head made up his story of it got too much for him so he kind of needed to go someplace and relax well he kind of says it when he's drunk on the boat he's just like i and he's like ranting about it i don't remember exactly what he said he's like i tell you go with the city get 
going to be fucking nuts. It's like kids can't walk to school. You got a driver in there. But it, but Amity, it's different. You see, one man can make a difference. There hasn't been a murder in over 25 years here. And then Hooper, of course, is just like, but one thing. Would you like a pretzel? Huh. I didn't do a um, good job with that part, but that part's pretty great. Again, fucking everybody is drunk in this movie. So the um, the 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 one scene that may have like kind of alluded to maybe mob ties that I thought of was there's when he's trying to get get the beaches to be closed when Chief Brody is, and he. Um, he goes to like the store to get the art supply and all of that. And he uh he ends up out on the uh the ferry and um the mayor drives the his car up onto the ferry and he's got like all of the all of these people with him as well as the deputy. Mm-hmm. That is the only thing that maybe kind of felt like a little mobbish to me in the movie like all the politicians show up in the the mayor's hoopty yeah yeah that that was one thing when you were talking about that dylan that, that was the one scene that kind of occurred to me that maybe kind of felt that way a little bit yeah i don't know it's largely removed i mean like other stuff that was removed from it was like i think like brody's wife and hooper have an affair which is strange and i'm glad that was not included in the movie yeah um, that would have been awkward yeah um there's a whole mess of shit that like just didn't that didn't show up so i like the relationship between um the chief and his wife you know they seemed like you know what did she say do you want to do something fool around yeah, I love that yeah. line. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he's, like, yelling at his kid to get out of the boat. And she, like, she's like, it's fine. He's on a boat. He's not in the water. He's never going to go in the water after what happened. He's like, all right, now don't say that. He's like, I just want him to be doing it correctly. And then she sees, like, the picture of the shark. Oh, like, yeah, the book. Diving into the boat or biting into it. And she's just like, Michael, did you hear your father? Out <laughs> now. <laughs> and Brody's yeah. like, what the hell? Like, I guess thanks for the backup, but okay. Yeah, no, I liked their relationship in the movie. It seemed very, I mean, obviously Mike and I don't have kids, but it seemed very much like us to a point. Yeah. Uh, the, there is, um, speaking of their parenting skills, there is one moment in the movie that you got to kind of <laughs> question. Um, Again, difference in time. Well, uh, yeah, but okay. So the scene in which Michael is out uh, in the the pond with the sailboat, <laughs> not the concept that he's out there with his friends because he seems old enough to maybe be out there, right? But the younger son just runs off on his own down the beach and neither... Chief Brody or Mrs. Brody anywhere near him are anywhere near him or aware of him. The or shark anything. was watching him. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, the, the shark, shark was, was watching him. This yeah, was I, uh, keeping an eye. Oh. I definitely commented. I'm like, you know, 
that's definitely telling of the era that the movie was made because that little kid was unsupervised because the father was working. He was being, you know, chief of police around the beach and the mother was off like near the shops and like the, the food or whatever. The little cabanas. Yeah. The kid was building sandcastles all by himself. No adults around. Um, Today that would get the kid that would get CPS called and the cops called and everything like that. But also, I think I've told you the story. Um, my grandmother used to take me to the mall with her and her sister. And I was allowed to just, they wanted to look at clothes in the department store. I was allowed to wander throughout the mall to go down to the toy store when I was like four by myself. Yeah, I was probably not allowed to do that until I was like 10, probably. Yeah, I used to like to go to the sporting goods store and look at the bowling balls because they were pretty. But like literally four years old, walking through the mall down 20, 30 stores to get to the toy store by myself. And she'd be like, go there and stay there and we'll come get you. I think if I were with like Mike or or our sister, then okay. But like it, you could probably guess. Yeah. No, that would not be a thing. But I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I, so if you think perspective, I was four, that would have been 1979. So at that time, an unsupervised child was not that big of a deal unless they were crying or injured. But if they're just like standing there looking at sporting goods or walking to the toy store, nobody would bat an eye because it's just a little kid walking down the street or walking down the, you know, in a store. Nobody would question a four-year-old walking around by themselves. But like Mike said, the little kid sitting on the beach where there's been known shark attacks, parents leave him there anyway. So, I mean... We've talked a lot about like the the characters of the island and some of the questionable antics and um, oh, uh, things. Can I bring that... up the scene that I brought up to you uh, the other day, Mike? That I always found was rather odd. Well, and yeah, and I, I think I know where you're headed with this because um, it involves something like a character, which I think it's a scene that Liz really liked, and she got a kick out of. So go ahead. So there's the scene that uh, Hooper shows up um, to. Ah, this uh, scene is amazing. To the Brodies with like the bottles of wine, and he's like brought a bottle of white, bottle of red because he didn't know what they'd be serving. Did, did you? Do you want to know what the wine is? I looked it up. And I guess John sure. doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> the wine is Barton and Gustier Beaujolais. I don't know what the wine oh. is, but I imagine it's also Barton and Gustier. So what I always found weird is, you know, and I assume they, they invited him over, obviously, because he showed up with wine. But like No, they didn't invite him over. He they didn't? No. He he shows up and and uh, his wife goes to answer the door, um, Ellen that's her name, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Matt Hooper. Um, I'm looking for Chief Brody." She's like, "Oh, hi, I'm his wife. Like, come on in." He's like, "Hey, hey, oh, yeah, so sorry." He or he didn't invite him over. Okay, so that makes it even weirder. Uh, but then, like, he sits down and. <laughs> 
the plate with like the chicken is sitting there and like he's just like in the midst of asking is anybody going to eat this he already like has his hand on the plate and is sliding <laughs> it's so funny he's just like is anybody eating this and he just starts eating it like and she's like uh no and brody's just like whatever man i got fucking like slapped and humiliated i don't give a shit and Brody doesn't care because again the drinking, like he's pouring out into like a uh, beer stein, his pint glass of wine into a with pint ice. Glass, I think with ice in it. Yes, wine. <laughs> and like a... Hooper's like, you should let that breathe. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was just yeah that always that scene uh, has really always like stuck out to me and was funny and. Uh, just like the interaction with these characters. Right. I like I like I the really part enjoyed. just before it too with him and his son. I think it's a really like nice moment in the movie. It's cute. Oh yeah. Where the son is oh, mimicking him. Kind of mimicking what yeah, his dad's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like such a tender moment and it's like you kind of like need that because it's like you know, I, I, when I was younger, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but like I always, because I was immature, and I feel like it's always been like easy to rag on Mrs. Kittner. But I'm like, no, man, her fucking kid is dead. Like she's totally justified in everything she does. But like, I totally get why he feels bad. He's like, because I fucked up, you know. And then of course the mayor, like, like I'm sorry, Martin. She's wrong. <laughs> I'm just like, God. I could totally hear Trump just being like. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's your name, Vice Mi- uh, Pence? I forgot his name. I'm sorry, Pence. Uh, she's wrong. She is a lying <laughs> bitch. She's a liar. Hillary's lying. Her emails terrible. Her- <laughs> Chelsea Clinton was eaten by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say one observation I did make about uh, Kittner, Mrs. Kittner. Uh, she really far too old to be the mother of a, what 10 year old she did look a bit old yeah she looked like grandma I'm... age i'm gonna do a little research i'm just gonna look and see how old she the actress was yeah there was a, a recent news article that came out where they reunited who the 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 boy that played Alex Kittner and the mother, oh, okay. like he owns like a restaurant or something. <laughs> uh, and she she happened to, I think she happened to be eating there, and uh, they had some uh, Jaws, um, per, like uh, memorabilia, if you will, on the uh, on the walls. And she made some mention of to like maybe her wait staff or whatever. Like she she made some mention that she was in the movie with him, and they brought him out of like the the kitchen or something like that. I think. So I looked it up. Um, she would have been like in her mid four about forty five forty six during the filming of that. If you assume that Alex was about what maybe ten. So she would have had him in like in her mid thirties, which is a little bit older for that time. Most women had their kids in their twenties at that time. She, uh, she was born February 13th of 1929. Uh, She did uh, pass away on 
April 5th of 2020. RIP, Mrs. Kittner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that whole that whole uh, app, like dinner sequence is is great. I really like it. That's a that's a fun little story. Um, I do have a question though. Um, well, actually, a real quick little observation. Like you're talking about, like when you to go back to like the town people. Um, a lot of the people in the film were locals, so that probably explains like a lot of why they just feel like feels pretty natural. Um, but also like a good example of like the writing in this is that the threat that's plaguing the town is the kids doing karate and breaking <laughs> fences and damaging bikes. And it's just like, wow, you guys really don't have any problems. It like shows how privileged and kind of like dissociated they are from like mm -hmm. regular life. And they're just like, and you know, it's just sort of like a joke, like as what's happening there in terms of like quote unquote crime or whatever. Um, but like, Honest opinions, like, do you think the shark looks fake, or do you think it's just like it's a prop and like whatever? Because to me, it's just like part of the imagery. So like, I don't really like. I've never really gotten too upset about it. And I don't know if that just comes from years of watching Godzilla movies, where I'm like, yeah, of course it's a fucking dude in the suit. I know it's a dude in the suit. Like, I know the shark's fake. Like, it's a it's a fake shark, you know. Like, I feel like the common thing to say is just Jaws is a great film, but the shark looks fake, and it's like. Well, duh, the movie came out in fucking 1975. It's a giant, like, <clears throat> like, pneumatic tube. Like, I don't even know, like, what that thing was, like, running on. Like, fucking diesel. And <clears throat> had, like, you know, clock, like, held together by, like, you know, clock pieces and fucking chewing gum and shit. I feel like for the time it looked good. Um, I think, you know, and... and like you're saying, I, uh, of course it's fake. It's not, it's not a real shark. Um, but I feel like, you know, a given technology or what have you, I, I thought it looked good. And I, you know, it's still the scenes where it shows up, um, you know, when he's chumming or, or, uh, with, uh, with Quint, uh, you know, a little yeah, bit yeah. later, like I, I feel like those scenes look believable. I'm not like, oh, I'm pulled out of this completely because the shark looks so awful. I'm like, no, those scenes are badass, and like, I I think it looks good for uh, for the time, and it did it didn't matter because they built up such the, like the anticipation with it um, of actually like really full on seeing it um, so well that you know it it doesn't bother me whatsoever. It's it, I'll say this too. It's impressive that the shark does look progressively more fake as the series goes on. <laughs> One thing that has not gotten better over the years, visual effects for sharks. They are almost always bad in the movies that they're in. Yeah. My experience with it, I think I thought it looked very realistic, you know, yeah, okay, so we're, we live in a world where if they can't make it, they'll CGI it. But at that point, that wasn't an option. Right. Um, Everything is practical in this movie, which is what is also amazing about it. And I think, you know, I, and I'm sure they got an award um, for special effects, but I think it looked legitimate. It had, like, the legitimate dead-eyed um, look of a shark and the mouth was definitely it didn't look like a caricature of a shark it looked 
like a shark. You're saying it's got a doll's eyes. Black eyes, like a doll. Blackest eyes. I think they did. I think they did a good job. Now, obviously, when the only time that I was like, eh, is when it kind of beached itself on the boat sideways. Yeah, but I still think that whole scene is awesome. Yeah. Because I like that the shark isn't like whipping around and like, you know, snapping its jaws like super fast or anything like it would in like Deep Blue Sea or something like that. I like that it's like clearly it's being weighed down by not being in the water and it's like Mm -hmm. just very slowly like closing its mouth and then finally chops on Quinn. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, well, one one further thing about Mrs. Kintner is is uh, when I was looking up the thing about the burger story, um, she's actually in Jaws: The Revenge as well. Oh my god! Oh, is it like stock footage? No, I think she's like uh, at the beginning of the movie. I think she's. Oh wow! It. I don't remember that. So yeah, because uh, 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 Mrs. Brody, there, Ellen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ethel. Ellen. Ellen. She she's on the she's on Amity at the beginning of the movie, hmm. from what I recall, which I haven't seen that movie in probably about 15, 20 years at least. I remember the beginning. I I believe she's on Amity uh, Island. Um, but uh, what the the other thing I was going to say is is uh, yeah, you do have you do have some of those scenes like where you you finally get to see the shark when they're on the boat. The, the scenes with the shark when they're on the boat, not not those with Stanley, but like, you, you know, like the one that you mentioned where the, the shark is kind of beached onto the boat uh, when um, Chief Brody is chumming the waters. Uh, there, there, there's a few things that occur that I think um, raise that anticipation and kind of don't like, they 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 kind of help the matters as far as how the shark looks to me, just because of how the intensity kind of just builds, you know, up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And it's the um, it's a scene right when they're when they're doing the they're, they're doing the song down in the um, the hold of the boat. Show like, me the way to go home. Yeah, I'm drunk and I want to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, and right as they're doing that, then the shark basically attacks the boat, and you start to see just the imagery of the boards of the hull of the boat starting to crack. Yeah. And that, you don't have any image of the shark or anything, but you have that, and you're just like, oh, shit, it's it's on, you know? And, like, the power of this thing, and, uh, you know, how like you get a sense of size again like mm-hmm. it just yeah the I, the other he, thing he ate the power excuse me <laughs> the the other thing was um liz uh liz pointed it out was the barrels mm-hmm. and just the concept of the barrels like moving, moving through the water you didn't need to see the shark, you know, those barrels moving and uh, skimming across the top of the water so fast, you know, raised 
that anticipation. So when you did did you did get to those scenes with the shark, it was all that much more impactful. Right. So people that are, you know, complaining about the realism or lack thereof of the shark are just looking for something at this point, you know, because you got to take, you got to take the sum of the parts, I feel. Well, you have to, yeah, you have to appreciate it from just like a film crafting point of view where they're like, we have to come up with something if we can't show the fucking shark for the entire movie, so... (laughs) Yeah. So plus, as, it, plus it means the shark is smart. It's trying to avoid being at the surface where it's going to get fucking killed. Right. So as we're going towards, you know, you're talking about more on the boat now, and as we're kind of going away from the town, and they've hired uh, Quinn. Quinn. Oh, that nails on the chalkboard thing to get everybody's attention. That's I love, what... I love that old lady's <laughs> face. Yeah. Like her face is amazing. She just looks so like. Disgust. Like so perturbed. Like, <laughs> like she has the kind of face that you see like a fucking Karen with, like now just being like, <laughs> oh my god, you're breathing. How how dare you? How dare you? Like um, you would have expected, like, if she said anything, she would have said, Well, I never. That's right. exactly what my friend said. It was like a very tisk tisk, well, I never kind of moment. But Dylan sent the picture of her. Yeah, <laughs> she's got like cat butt face. Um, so cat butt face. <laughs> the face you make when your cat sticks your its butt in your face. Um, but why? So one of the things that I know Mike kind of brought up, like when you know we all know now that you know the uh, Shaw no Quinn wants right. money to hunt down the shark, and then Hooper shows up, and they're all going to go out on the orca together. Um, and there's kind of that almost job interview between Quinn and Hooper. Quint. Quint? I thought it was Quinn. Quint. 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 Um, where he's like (laughs) feeling his hands and, and having him tie a knot (laughs) and all that stuff. And like Hooper proves himself, uh, to a point, like he's like, here, tie a sheep shank or whatever. And he's just like, and he throws it at him. And like, I've had enough of this working class bullshit. Um, Right. We lost Sean. Yep. Just keep going. Oh, um, so you kind of get the sense of a job interview at this point. And Quint um, is still belittling him. But then you see that scene on the boat where, uh, the chief is doing the chumming mm-hmm. and Quint is sitting next to him, I don't know, whittling or doing something. And Hooper is up driving the boat. And um, the sheriff, the sheriff, the chief says, why doesn't he come down here? And, he, you know, he does some chumming because he's driving the boat and things like that. And you just get this impression that Quint is so gruff and so mean and so harsh with Hooper and with the sheriff, he's like showing him slowly how to tie a knot like you would a child. Or a, Brody's a nerd. Or, or a Boy Scout, you know, troop leader showing a kid how to do it. And he's almost, Quint is almost gentle 
with um, Brody, where he's kind of a bastard to Hooper. And as a kid or as a young person, I would have said, oh, my God, he's being such a dick to Hooper. Um, why can't he be as nice to him, too? But Quint's behavior to Hooper is actually respect because he trusts Hooper to be able to do whatever he's asked to do on that boat, tie a knot, pilot the ship, grab this, go here, do that. So he treats him almost like a sailor, like a, yes. a, a lower level, level sailor. He gives him the respect of one sailor yeah. to another where he doesn't have that same respect for Brody because Brody's just a landlubber who can't even tie a knot. Well, so, and there's yeah, that and scene of camaraderie later, you know, a little what later on with the like where they're drinking and everything, and they're like, Brody has no scars. Yeah, like a drink to your leg. A <laughs> drink to our legs. A drink to our legs. But yeah, you definitely even without that drunk scene. A younger me would have been like, oh, he's being a real jerk to Hooper. Mm -hmm. But in that jerkiness is respect from one sailor to another of trusting him with his vessel. Um, oh, yeah, some kind of half-assed astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> his laugh is amazing. But, I mean, I, I really, you know... I know I didn't know that the actors loathed one another in real life, because you wouldn't tell it from how they acted. So that's, again, props to their acting skills. Yeah. 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 But that whole scene where Quint is yelling at Hooper to do this and do that, and Hooper, and again, this is what I thought was ad-lib, he's like, ar, yar, Jimmy, I'll do this, and then I can't take this treatment much longer. Right, yeah. <laughs> can't take this kind of abuse. But it is funny, too. I would imagine that Quint may also just treat Brody like that because he's like, well, he's like, he is law enforcement. And I would imagine Quint has not done everything legal over the years. Uh, also, just given the fact that he's like, you know, an insane alcoholic with clear PTSD mm. <laughs> that he's just <laughs> taking out on the sharks. Um, yeah, I was going to say Quint has probably ended up in the drunk tank uh, at the Amity Jail. A few oh, times. I bet you him and Ben Gardner go way back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, the only time that Quint actually like crosses Brody's authority is when he's like radioing for fucking help, and he just goes full Ahab and destroys the radio because he knows Brody's not going to do shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that part when he's just like, that's great. That's just great. You're certifiable, Quinn. You're certifiable. And Quinn's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I was going to mention that scene, but yeah, that's, it's great. Uh, it's so good. And I think the other part is you see um, when they, he's got the harpoon gun and, um, Quint tells Brody to tie them to the, the things on the, the at the end of the boat mm -hmm. to tie them off. And he goes behind Hooper. Yeah. And you can see that, oh, no, you, you shouldn't do that. Most people who've ever been on a boat know you don't tie something behind somebody that could either crush them or flip them off the boat. You go in front of them. 
but it was just like one of those things that um showed his um lack of knowledge yeah his ineptitude his, mm-hmm. yeah his rookie level so i mean as we had i mean we've we've been talking about this movie for a bit uh any favorite uh lines or uh quotes that um that come to mind and i know you guys have been spouting them off all night but are there any additional ones that and i'm i'm expecting sean will do his uh kittner boy one because i don't know that we actually had it on the uh actual podcast episode oh when the mayor says uh uh this is not the time or the place to perform some kind of a half-assed autopsy on a fish. And I'm not going to stand here and see that thing cut open and see that little Kittner boy spill out all over the dock. (laughs) I, I like to um, just, I mean, this kind of involved the mayor, but more so uh, Richard Dreyfus. Um, when somebody with like the the billboard and oh yeah and like he says to him he's like he's like those uh, what does he say those proportions those are correct yeah um i i like that and i mean we've already kind of like already sort of said part of it but like quint is giving that big speech and this probably like my I'd argue maybe my favorite like segment of like the movie and maybe like um, overall favorite line is just like where he's like, you know, the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Um, And then he goes, you know, goes on to describe it, like how the, you know, uh, when he comes, you know, when he comes after you, he bites you, how his, you know, eyes roll, black eyes roll over white um it's such like an effective like description and um it's a he's just like this grizzled like drunk sailor but i mean he's so like just almost like eloquently putting it um what's what's interesting too is that he actually gets the date wrong about like when it when i forget what it is i forget if he gets the date wrong for like when the like what when the Indianapolis went down or when like the bomb was dropped or when they were bringing it, whatever date he mentions is not accurate to history, which Mm -hmm. I think is actually like fine because I just am like, he's drunk. He just got it wrong. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah. That, I mean, it didn't, would you interrupt him? Would you interrupt him to correct him? I don't think so. (laughs) He'd probably fucking stab you. Oh, actually you got the date wrong. According to Google. I'm going to make Steven Spielberg aware of my grievances. Send. <laughs> like, it's like uh, Google, what's that? Some kind of half-assed uh, techno babble? <laughs> I think just looking through... I Google the streetwalker down on the pier. <laughs> <laughs> um... The one, one of the ones that I liked was about the, he was explaining the cage. I'm trying to find exactly what it said. You go in the cage, cage yeah. goes down in the water, sharks in the water, our shark. 
And then yeah. he just starts singing about Spanish ladies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, are you, like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> yeah. And Hooper just sort of like laughs at him, like, just like, ha. Ah, ah. mm-hmm. Like, uh. I, I love that you could, he's talking the entire time they're taking off, like, from the, the little port area. He's just like, all right, everybody, get your strap down, put on your rubbers, get, don't forget the color TV. Hey, oh, torpedoes at bay, prepare sonar, like just saying all this crazy shit. He reminds me of Mott. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Good old Mott. Uh, one, of, uh, one line that always has made me laugh is when they have the, the tiger shark that they have uh, caught, and the guys, the dumbass fishermen are like, what kind of shark is this? I don't know. I think it's a macaw. Got a deep throat track. And then Hooper goes, it's a tiger shark. And the one guy, they, turn, they all turn around, dumbfounded. And the one dude just goes, a what? <laughs> <laughs> like, wh- 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 what's weird about the words tiger and shark? Also, <laughs> I love that there's an arrow sticking out of the shark. <laughs> like they as went well out as- there with whatever they had. As well as uh, one of the fishermen is standing with a rifle or a shotgun. There's actually, Jaws has a lot of really good deleted scenes that I understand why are not in the movie, but I think they're all worth checking out. Uh, most of them are all, are they expand on a, a lot of stuff. And one of them is like a longer fishing scene of the fishermen going after the shark. And like, eventually like you see like, oh, they've got it. And they're all like yelling and screaming at each other, like throwing fucking dynamite at each other and shit. <laughs> there's another funny scene with quint at like a the general store and or something like that and there's like a kid playing his clarinet or something and he starts like singing along with him to the music to the point where like he's just like da, 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 and then just starts going bah, 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 <laughs> at the kid and the kid like stops and basically starts crying and and quint just is like huh what's wrong <laughs> pretty great i like i mean the entirety of like cooper doing like the uh, i know we referenced it like the autopsy on the on the girl um just that whole scene like he is just like as he's reading off or kind of going through like the condition of like the squalus yeah the body parts and then you know he says i gotta pull up uh just at the end he's like well, this is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. Yeah. Um, but you're not smoking so, here. It's the, yeah. Like that he interjects that little bit. Like he's uh, talking and then he just sort of interjects, do not smoke in here. Um, <laughs> but it's this like, just again, this like long, like, you know, and it, it just, <laughs> shows like, I guess like the acting chops of uh, Richard Dreyfus and it's th- this long like uh, but very engaging kind of thing that's just like he's describing this body and that is another piece of it of kind of like that horror that you're not seeing it um you know you're not seeing it so much he's describing it but it's just building up exactly what like the shark did to her um so i i always thought that scene was great like a great amount of exposition in that scene Mm -hmm. yeah did you guys happen to notice 
uh, when they find her corpse in the beginning. Did you you all know about the crab that just like falls out of the sky, right? I saw so, a crab, but I don't. So at the very beginning of the movie, when they find her corpse on the beach and there's it's like covered in like the little crabs. If you if you notice, there's a crab that just falls from the top of the screen. And last I checked, crabs are not capable of flight or long or long distance jumping. So I assume it's just like a crew hand, like dropped it in, and that was the only shot they got or whatever. But man, I've always been so captivated by that crab just falling down from the sky for some reason. Like we have way bigger problems on our hand than a big shark. We have flying crabs. <laughs> I think honestly, and um, you know, I kind of there are no falling crabs in this town. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly safe here. We can have the fourth and fourth of July. We can have the fourth of July parade. Um, the flying crabs <laughs> are a myth. The Amityville—that's their sports team. Am the, the, the Amity, Amity flying crab? crabs. Amity flying crabs. Yeah. Um, I think I've alluded to it that my favorite parts of this movie, I understand, you know, the whole plot of it is, you know, the shark is terrorizing the island. People, you know, take too long to deal with it. People die. They go out in the boat. There's camaraderie. There's, you know, good natured ribbing. There's arguing. There's drinking. Uh, the apple brandy. They, uh, you know, they get the shark. The boat sinks. Blah, blah, blah. Yay. Um, but my favorite part to this movie are the interactions between mostly Quint and Hooper, between uh, Richard Dreyfus and Shaw. Uh, just the, like I said, the, and then just the, the rapid one-liners, like, you know, when he tells them to get off the boat and, they're, and they ignore him and he's like, those guys are going to die. <laughs> You're all going to die. And then, the uh, part where they're, you know, he's telling them what to do, and I, ah, Jimmy, ahoy, and then I can't take this abuse much longer. Um, and then when they're drunk in the hold and um, comparing tattoos and scars and stuff, and Dreyfus takes off his shirt and he goes, "I got one for you," or uh, "I'll show you one," and he takes off his shirt, and Brody actually has a line, and he says, "You're wearing a sweater," because Dreyfus is so hairy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That part's really funny. I like when they're on his boat, too, and he's looking at all his TV screens. He's like, hey, you get the late night show on this? Yeah, you get the late show. Another line I think is fucking hysterical is after the shark first shows up on the boat, then we get the clear shot of it. You know, we get, you know, need a bigger boat and all that. I was like, that's not, that line's great, obviously. But then when Hooper's like, Martin, go out to the front of the boat. Why? Go out to the front of the boat. Why? I need something in the foreground for scale. And he just goes, foreground my ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's like so terrified of the, of the shark. And then like they put the barrel on him. He's like, okay, so we're going to go home and get a bigger boat now, right? <laughs> we're done now. I can go home now, right? So the, I mean, obviously it's not slapstick comedy, but it's definitely... Not the straight up horror movie I expected. It's not all about the shark either. It's about the people. It's kind of like the same way that a movie like The Thing is kind of funny, where it's obviously very horrific and there's horrifying things going on and the situation's very grim. And yet they all seem to remember to have some like 
funny moments and sarcasm amongst themselves to kind of like keep their heads above water in this dire situation. That's kind of the same way it is with this. And I imagine also just, I'm sure some of the like efficiency of the, the dialogue delivery is one, the editing is really good. And two, I'm sure they were all just stressed the fuck out from making this movie. Well, you've got like some of the premier professional actors who, you know, either studied their lines really well or were really great at ad-libbing. I can't imagine that they wanted to do a billion takes with the amount of time everything else was taking to make the movie. So, I mean, away from the movie, it's impressive, but in the movie, it was a well-rounded movie, I guess you could say. I mean, there it didn't have, like, the romantic aspect of, like, anything besides the relationship between the husband and the wife. But you had a little bit of fun. You had a little bit of comedy. You had a little bit of um, interpersonal relationships with the townspeople. And then you had the horror of the, the, the shark and the general fear that most people have in deep water. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I don't care how great of a swimmer you are being out somewhere with the knowledge that there is miles of empty sea below you is disconcerting. One of the creepiest shots in the movie of the shark is some of the live action footage that they filmed in Australia. And it's not even the shark coming towards you. It's the shark swimming into the ocean and you just gradually, you're like, you can only really see its tail. And I think that's such an unnerving thing when you're like in the, or like if you see a video in open ocean and how like your sight distance is only like probably i don't know 20 to 30 feet max and those things can fly at you so i think it's actually creepier when you see things disappear into the water and they and you lose them from your line of sight because those things know where you are and you don't know where those things are as as evidenced by the fact that it swims right around him and then starts attacking the cage right i'll see this looking really good too yeah that was really scary I mean, I was scared. Yeah. Like, but like, well, do you know what actually happened during the filming of that was they were filming it in Australia and they're, one of the sharks that they were filming got stuck in the, the crane system and just completely destroyed it. But thankfully they were rolling camera when it happened and they captured this insane scene of like destruction. And they're like, well, we got to just put this in the fucking movie, you know? <laughs> And it is kind of weird because it looks like the shark should be like whipping its tail like out of the water and it's a lot more violent. And then when you cut above, they're just like, oh, that's kind of like bubbling a little bit. But right. yeah, that, that part is very cool. And I'm glad that they in, uh, decided to include that. It was sort of like a, a happy accident. So um, I don't really have much more else to say about it. Uh, you know, we've said a lot and I just fucking really like this movie. Did anyone else go, ouch, when Hooper gets trapped by the rope when they're trying to tie down the things? That's like my yeah. major ouchy moment. And he's just like, Yeah. That's yeah. the one I, yeah, I thought you were probably talking about that. Yeah, that's the one I mentioned where I was like, you know, it just pointed out, and like Mike said, it pointed out how inept um, and how out of his element, completely out of his element that that the chief was that Brody was mm -hmm. that he wrapped the, the the rope behind him instead of in front of him. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a good time discussing this with y'all. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking about Jaws 2. And uh, they will definitely have the lovely Miss Elizabeth back on for that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun talking about this movie. I think the hard part, I mean, and I know, you know, especially with Jim's BBQ, it's all, <laughs> in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's all about the laughs. And mm -hmm. Jaws is such a good movie that I think it's hard to make fun of or rip on because it's such a quality movie. It, it, it stands on its own, where I think I'm getting the vibe that as the movies progress in the series, that it will be more um, amusing to tear them apart because they are progressively horrible. We may yeah. do more of our what we do with some of our other movie reviews with those and actually do like some summarization of them because they're, yeah, they're that special. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think people don't often maybe like go back and watch the sequels as much as they watch this one. And I don't blame them. Right. I mean, well, right at the top, I think we asked you, I think we asked you about that, Sean, was like watching, um, like how you said that you've watched this one and you watch it often, um, as opposed to how often do you watch uh, two, three, and four? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's seldom that I that I watch those, uh, but this is on right pretty regular rotation. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great movie, and we don't often talk about like great movies, or we we stumble upon ones where we're like, you know what, that that'll add to like the you know the Christmas uh, movie viewing, or that'll add to you know what whatever uh, you know, and occasionally maybe check check that one out or like when we watch like they live like hey like you know i i never really watched that a ton um and maybe i was like oh now i watch it like fucking every day <laughs> well we know maybe we... i'll revisit it more but yeah so this is one that it's like it's kind of fun and a little bit of a twist that we're watching something that you know well now liz has watched it but the rest of us have all seen a number of times. Well, we know that Dylan will be watching. We know that Dylan will be watching uh, uh, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas every holiday season. <laughs> so, wait, um, doesn't Jaws the Revenge take place during during Christmas, or at least partially? That we can make that a Christmas movie. <laughs> well, I, I would hope that we will have watched that and talked about it before we get to Christmas time. <laughs> yes. Um. That being said, though, I mean, with this being Liz's uh, first watch of this movie and she had not seen it before, um, I had posed on Facebook a question, and I figured this might be a light way to end the conversation for the night. And uh, just a quick little, like, sub-segment. I had posted on Facebook and posed this question, what movies have you not seen that would surprise most people? And I'm going to start off with a couple of people that Sean and I encountered at Three Heads Brewing um, over on Atlantic Avenue in the neighborhood of the arts, uh, uh, neighborhood of Rochester. Uh, try the tiny kind <laughs> when you go visit the uh, Three Heads Brewing tasting room. Tell them Mike and Sean sent you. 
That was like the most uh, stilted fucking ad you could have done for them. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was evoking the stilted ads of uh, one Jeff Dale on the radio. Our our good friend Bry Guy that works behind the bar there at Three Heads. His movie that he said would surprise most people that he has not seen was Die Hard. Which I find very, like, how can you avoid it? It's on, like, everywhere at Christmas. Yeah. So that was his. Um, A guy sitting next to us at the bar that we had never met before or talked with before had told us he has never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Which is an older gentleman, uh, so I don't know how much it would appeal to him. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That that's uh maybe on the list of like Dylan movies that I uh that he hates that I like. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They have their place. I don't like them that much, but I don't care if you you like them. Um our, I also our, didn't answer this question because there's lots of movies I haven't seen. Well, the, these were ones that, and there, there's some really good ones listed on here, which I, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of skip around because uh, I feel like I'm gonna leave the 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 most shocking answers to last. Yeah, because this isn't just like, oh, what haven't you seen? But like, what haven't you seen that is so prolific in our pop culture internet? focused environment that it's almost impossible for you to avoid having seen like, it. Like I was almost hoping that it would be like what like people would take it as like what classic and it doesn't even have to be like an old like you know classic movie but like what you know very popular or classic movie have you not seen? I'd be like Avatar. Iconic be a movie. shock. Be like an iconic movie that you have not seen that would be a shock to other people. So, um, well, some people maybe missed the the thought on this, but I'm just going to read them off, and we can comment or not. Uh, Michelle from Rochester commented that she had not seen any of the SpongeBob movies. Me either. Uh, I haven't either. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> uh, a friend of Liz's, Erica, had commented. That she had not seen Interstellar, which okay. is uh, which is applicable because she's actually a uh, a professor of astronomy. Okay, but like not an amazing movie. It's a fine movie. <laughs> uh, Gavin from Maryland stated that he had not seen It's a Wonderful Life. I still haven't seen that. Again, it's hard to avoid at the holidays. Right. I'm very good at avoiding it. Um, I don't have cable. <laughs> it's on PBS. I don't think I need to get that. Katie from the state that Dylan is banned from had not seen Blade Runner. I haven't even. Oh, I've seen that. I don't think I've seen Blade Runner. Sean from Rochester <laughs> <laughs> had not seen Braveheart. Really? I've seen Braveheart. Yeah, it always seemed like a time commitment, but I'm perfectly oh, it is. Fine. But I'm perfectly fine, like sitting there and be like, "All right, I'm gonna hunker down and watch uh, Goodfellas or uh, <laughs> you know some other Martin Scorsese movie." Uh, Steve 
from Massachusetts has not seen the movie Grease. Which I felt that was a good answer. Like, yeah, I mean, it would, yeah. It's an iconic movie. Dylan, yeah. did you not play um, a, a character? I in was Greece? in Greece. I was in a production of Greece. <laughs> Who were, were you like Kanicki or something? Or no, I was the band leader, Angel. Johnny Casino. Oh, oh, that's right. I always get this fucking wrong every time. My but no, my buddy was Kanicki. Um, a hickey from Kanicki. Carla from Rochester has not seen uh, The Godfather. I've seen The Godfather. I have not seen Godfather Part 2 or 3. Godfather Part 2 is the better better movie. Uh, given I her, prefer one. Given her Italian-American uh, heritage, it's <laughs> quite shocking. She's probably watched The Sopranos like five times over. <laughs> and which one do you Mike, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer one or two? Mike's like, uh, I hate both of them. No, I like two. Um, I like one. I also like three. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, diplomatic politician answer. Uh, I like uh, all three uh, of them. I do. I... No, no, that's no, 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 okay. Two, two's no, my favorite. Though. Two, two's. My I like favorite. two because it goes back in time. <laughs> Mike's like uh, Mike's like. All three, all three uh, Godfather movies are playing, and everyone's having a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, I got two more, but we'll wait. For, uh, I see Dylan muted himself. Okay, <laughs> so we got two more. One of them, uh, a coworker of mine, she has not seen any of the Star Wars movies. Wow. I just. I get it. You know what? Honestly, at this point, I get it. There's people that just don't give a shit about Star Wars. and it's I just feel personally offended. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then finally, uh, Rob from Rochester has not seen The Wizard of Oz. And honestly, just, I don't think I've seen it, like, straight through. It's just one of those ones that's hard to avoid. Yeah. It, like yeah. you're a kid, it's the one of the only ones you're allowed to I me mean, for me, I was allowed to watch. Um, but like going back to the Star Wars one, I like if you haven't seen a single Star Wars movie by this point and you're an adult, um, you're just being willfully contrary at that point. Because you know, everybody talks about them, we're all you know, everybody knows about them. You know, there's huge fandoms, and then there's even just like people who just like Grogu, and they don't know anything else, but they they identify with something. I don't Everybody, know. Have you met some of our Star Trek, like some of our friends who are into Star Trek? Because they like they just fucking hate Star Wars. But there's a difference between hate not refusing to watch it ever and hating it. It's like you know, I understand that Star Trek is honestly, as far as writing and premise the better franchise i agree that but the star wars movies are so iconic to my childhood that that for people in this adults in this day and age to say well i've never seen one they're almost like bragging that they're they haven't seen it and they're just being willfully contrary they're like well i don't watch those movies because i'm not a star wars person you're choosing to not be a Star Wars person because you think being contrary to a popular opinion makes you cool. 
you also don't have to like fully embrace the fucking fandom. You could just go watch the movie, even if you don't like it. It doesn't matter. You could just go watch it. Right, like refusing to. I would watch tell you something. not to join the fandom. It's toxic and shitty as hell. <laughs> right, it's racist and toxic, and but the movies themselves are are iconic, and there's so much in culture that ta- that references them, and in everything you do, and just and not just Star Wars, but anybody who sees a something that's a popular uh, movie or book, and number one intentionally does not see it and then brags about not seeing it you're bragging because you think you're cool for being contrary you think you're some sort of hipster douchebag because well you don't follow the the crowd you're you're different you're avant-garde because you only read this kind of book or watch that kind of movie and that's not even that's not even how this person acts about it what's funny though is can you imagine working like in an IT department with a whole bunch of nerdy people that have seen the movies and they constantly make references and you have no idea what the hell the references are referring to? That's what happens. Yeah, I just, I yeah. just don't get it. It's, it's why Especially this personal. past month with all of the Star Wars related days and everything. Right. Like May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th and... I, there was one other one too that I saw like later on in the month, uh, but um, what was it going to say? Uh, Wizard of Oz is surprising though too. Yeah, yeah, and that was our that was a good buddy uh, Rob Kriegel. I want to thank everybody though for uh, actually chiming in on that. That was, that was I want to know who hasn't seen Leprechaun Four, Leprechaun in Space. Because if you haven't seen that movie, you're a punk ass bitch, and you need to change that right now. Okay. Leprechaun comes out of a dude's dick in that movie. <laughs> everybody <laughs> needs to see this fucking movie. So again, you have to take into, you know, when when I answer those kind of questions, my perspective and is that a lot of movies that came out in the 70s and 80s, I missed because of the censoring in my household. And I think Mike and I even talked about it. Like, I haven't seen uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. I haven't seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind or First Kind or whatever it is. I haven't seen American Graffiti, which is, you know, uh, a huge movie that people, you know, reference back. Apocalypse Now. Um Dylan mentioned one. I haven't seen the thing. I, I think it was good though, like as far as like some of the people that actually got the idea of what I was going for and gave like those real good like shock answers, like like uh Rob who gave Wizard of Oz or um Brad Guy at, at Three Heads who who said Die Hard or Carla who said The Godfather. The those answers were perfect. That's what I was looking for. Uh, I mean, Noah, I'm not trying to offend, like, I mean, and Sean, Braveheart's a good one, too. Uh, but I'm not trying to offend, the, like, Erica, who said um, uh, Interstellar, or uh, Michelle, who said the SpongeBob movies, because maybe those hold, like, a special place somewhere, and they're, you know, as far as maybe they're kids who loved SpongeBob or whatever, but those didn't seem to hold as much clout, I guess, as some of these other movies and the where we've um where we put them at you know so but it was it was i thought it was a fun and light way to kind of end the 
and the discussion for the first movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from my diatribe of the anti-Star Wars people. Yeah. <laughs> Which you uh, I kind of went back and forth on if I should put that one in there because I, I, I kind of know... I know, I know the crew here and what that might elicit out of you guys. That's a very impassioned response yeah, to people who, yeah. who are like, oh, "I've never seen it." Well, when we, when we, when every year when stuff like that comes up, or every once in a while when that comes up, we just kind of look at her and just go, oh, "You're missing so much." Are you even trying? Yeah. <laughs> but um, man, what a fun episode! What a good talk! Dylan, I hope you feel better soon. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling the worst, but yeah, I appreciate it. I'm sure I, by the time I get back from, oh, I'm going down the shore. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I I think, um, yeah, you better look out for shark attacks. The original shark attacks happened at the Jersey Shore, too. They I mentioned them in the movie. I heard they're attracted to COVID. They could be. Um, I think it's proof positive, though, like, I mean, as far as your symptoms go and everything, how important, I mean, yes, you could still get COVID, even though you get the uh, vaccination and get boosted, you could still get it. If if there's any proof of that, myself and Dylan are examples of that. But the vaccine does help. It helps minimize your symptoms and how you're feeling, you know. So please... Please and get yourself vaccinated. Yeah. It also prevents that. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's really vital still to consider the vaccination for yourself and your children and uh, other people in your family because it, it, it really is a uh, important thing to do. Mm-hmm. That was a nice, um, that was a nice yeah. PSA. Yes. Uh, thanks, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Uh, Coming up this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, uh, Sean, Liz, and I are headed to Rock Brewing here in Rochester, which, Dylan, I know you and Sarah met up with Sean and I there uh, when you visited back in October. Uh, They're doing their Celebration of Cream Ales on Saturday, where 40-some-odd local breweries all uh, do their own take on cream, cream ale. And they have them there for one day and one day only. And we're going to try as many of them as we possibly can. I hope you enjoy that. We're big fans of cream ales in this house. (laughs) I will to a point until I got to go and head to Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure we might have some stories uh, from those adventures in our next episode. And uh, maybe next episode we'll, we'll get back to watching Jaws 2. And possibly three. <laughs> electric Boogaloo? Huh? Is it Electric Boogaloo? It is not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, before we get out of here, uh, you can go visit. Uh, no, not, you know you know the drill. You know where to find us. <laughs> yes. Social all of their media. Yeah, social all of the medias. Um, but uh, thanks uh, for visiting Jim's BBQ. We're now... We offer a red Beaujolais in a pint glass. Uh, Thanks for visiting Jim's Barbecue. We're now on our menu. You too can order a half-assed autopsy on a fish.
Thanks for visiting Jim's BBQ, where we only serve Narragansett in the cans. Sean really didn't like my wine one. That's what Quint drinks. I thought it was funny. You kind of went, uh. No, I thought it was funny. I didn't go, uh. Are you, you, I'm supposed to do one now? Yeah. Uh, Thanks for visiting Jim's BBQ, where we don't have to take this much more abuse. (laughs) That's a good one. Yes, that's a good one. Unfortunately, uh, if you're listening to this, Man, you're 233 episodes in, and you've taken a lot of abuse. <laughs> Damn right. But wait, there's more. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see y'all next time. You have a good night. Okay.